1: You are listening to On the Daily, the RotoViz daily fantasy sports podcast, powered by RotoViz Radio.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the October 26, 2017 edition of On the Daily, a RotoViz podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Heath Kruger, you can follow me on Twitter at HeathK, and my co-host is none other than Nick Giffen. you can find him on Twitter at Rotodoc. Sorry for coming in a day late, guys, we're a little under the weather here, but it just gave us more time to really get those takes brewing and just really bring you the best. Uh, Nick, how's everything going, and how'd you do in week seven?
2: Yeah, I'm doing better now. I was the reason for the the delay here. Monday afternoon evening, I started feeling really weird, and then Tuesday... My whole body was just, like, achy and sore, and
1: I was worn Mm -hmm. out, and
2: I didn't know what was going on. But, uh, so... Got that day of rest ready to go.
1: Love a good deal? Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19.99, polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
2: Week 7 was actually pretty good. Um I was all over the Bears defense. I know you were as well, Heath, and that was a huge boost to my day. Um I didn't have a, a monster day by any means but I had a, I had a good day. I, I barely uh turned in the positive. A lot of my other plays didn't quite come through. Um I had to do a lot of late swapping just to try to salvage a few lineups even though I had a lot of the Bears defense um but uh you know I for not playing cash games and coming in the positive I'll take it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I was kind of I didn't play as much cash this week and I had a lot of Bears defense but uh, on the other end, I had a lot of Marcus Mariota and a lot of those Tennessee Titans against that Cleveland Browns game. So I was, I, I didn't make the mark. I didn't make it back into the positive, but it was close enough. So, but anyway, we're on to the next week here. I just want to remind everyone you get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content and it also supports the pod. All right, let's begin everything, Nick, with some cash game plays. We're going to start this week off at the wide receiver position. of some spots to where I think I have a lot of names and I have a lot of, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of number two wide receivers that I like in a lot of spots this week. So why don't you start us off? Who are some wide receivers that you like in cash games this week?
2: That's interesting. I'm curious to hear your number two wide receivers because I got a lot of number ones that I like. Uh, A.J. Green right off the bat, I think against Indianapolis great matchup uh I think Andy Dalton to AJ Green that connection will be a very popular chalky play AJ Green has just been a monster this year Uh, a couple 30 point outings he has had you know outside of his 30 point outings it's been 12 11 17 so he is a bit boomer bust so I can understand if you want to skip him and play him more in GPP but the next guy I like that's a number one is Keenan Allen he has a fantastic matchup in the slot uh I think you know Keenan Allen just gets a ton of volume. His lowest target output this year was seven targets, which is the most recent game here against Denver. Uh that makes sense. I mean Denver's obviously very good, but New England, not good. And uh also the, the slot matchup there is just fantastic for Keenan Allen. He's definitely a buy low Josh Hermsmeyer wrote him up in, as a a premium by low in his uh air yards article this week. So I'm all over Keenan Allen. I'm also all over Doug Baldwin. I think that matchup again, $6,900 on DraftKings, uh, you know, uh, just another guy who has a great, um you know, great slot matchup there against, was it Kendall Fuller in the slot for the Texans? He's just so bad. So, um, you know, I think if, if you want to play Doug Baldwin, he'll get plenty of volume. He's hyper efficient. You know, he's even more efficient than Keenan Allen there. So, uh, I, definitely think, sorry, not, not, uh, Kendall Hunter, but, uh, Kareem Jackson in the slot there for Houston. I, I'm thinking of, um, the other team that, uh, I want to target Kendall for. I think it's the Bears, but, uh, yeah, Doug Baldwin versus Kareem Jackson in the slot. I think that's a no-brainer. You gotta go with Doug Baldwin. So I do like paying up at wide receiver this week, and I think it's okay because I don't have any slam dunk running back plays, like, at the expensive end this week. So I do enjoy, Think it's a good week to pay up at the wide receiver position, AJ Green, Keenan Allen, Doug Baldwin, and uh sounds like you got some value plays. So I'm curious about your your number two receivers there, Heath.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, I'm completely all over all over those guys as well. Um, especially Keenan Allen. I think he's just gonna be an absolute slam play this week. Coming off a, a game tour. I think the Patriots defense, um, we're kind of the, the beneficiaries of a really, you know, a perception of an Atlanta Falcons offense that we still think is really good coming off of last season and is probably just kind of taking a couple steps back this year. I I still think that New England secondary is very vulnerable. So Keenan Allen and a guy we'll talk about a little bit later, Hunter Henry, are probably going to be two just great targets. Um, The two number twos that I really like is, uh, first up is Ted Ginn. um, He's just going to be in a real nice spot with Michael Thomas. I'm um, not practicing Wednesday, limited on Thursday. He may be hampered going into this game against a Bears team that has been known to really try to take away number one options, and Ted Ginn is not really in that 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 you know, passing or the receiving role to where it's simply deep shots, kind of you know taking chances throwing his way. He, they've been throwing a lot more targets this way. Seven targets last week against the Green Bay Packers. I think him at forty seven hundred on DraftKings. I'm not sure about the price on FanDuel, but I think that's a fantastic value play. And the other one is Deshaun Jackson at fifty one hundred. I, I know that he's kind of in that same box of we we think of him as that that deep target that really just makes the most out of those. Um, you know, lower target numbers, but it really hasn't been the case. He's he's been seeing red zone targets. I think he's kind of become a new favorite of Jameis Winston, coming off a game to where he nearly threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Um, yeah, in against a, a Panther secondary that is the the weaker part of um their defense. I, I like Deshaun Jackson as well for that cheaper price. I
2: like that. Um, I think there's one other name that is a number two that I was curious if you'd mention. And that's Devin Funches. Uh, yes. he's obviously the number two to Kelvin Benjamin there, but look at Devin Funches' targets the past five games, uh, eight, nine, eight, nine, and 10. And he has three touchdowns in those five games. Devin Funches, uh, three touchdowns this year, three touchdowns in the past five games versus Kelvin Benjamin, who has one touchdown all year. He's $500 cheaper than Kelvin Benjamin. And he gets to face that Tampa Bay secondary that's just abysmal. So um, I definitely like Devin Funches as well. He's priced up a little bit, so I don't know if I love him in cash, but I certainly like him in GPP. But I definitely think you can consider him in cash games as well. Um, you can also consider Pierre Garçon 6100. Uh, I just don't love his upside. So for me, he's strictly cash in my opinion. Uh, I know some people use him in GPPs, and that's totally fine. I mean, if he gets a touchdown, if he gets 100 yards, he'll be worth it. But... Pierre Garçon, zero touchdowns this year and only one 100-yard game. So I'm not banking on a 100-yard game or a touchdown from Pierre Garçon, whereas, you know, you compare him to a guy like Devin Funches for $300 cheaper, and Funchess already has uh, three touchdowns on the year. So, um, you know, I like Funches all over, but I think maybe a bit more in GPP just because $5,900 Seems a little steep for a guy who's never really been a, a monster player throughout his career so far, but uh, I can definitely get
0: behind Funchess in any format. Awesome, great stuff, Nick. Right before, really quickly, before we move on, um, two Eagles receivers are, are they in cash? Uh, are they cash plays for you as well, Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar, and that nice matchup against the Forty ers
2: Yeah, this is interesting. Um, I think. I think Alshon could be in play uh, for cash games. Um, The thing is, his target numbers have varied a little bit. He's gone anywhere from four to 13 targets this year. Now, the four is kind of maybe an outlier. I mean, he faced Patrick Peterson, of course, but every other game he's had six-plus targets, and he gets a great matchup here. I just don't know where Philly will score from because the whole matchup is great. The running backs have great matchups, uh, both in pass catching. San Francisco's given up a ton of yards through the air to the running back position, a ton of yards on the ground to the running back position, a lot of touchdowns. So uh, I don't know who's going to score for Philly, and that's what makes me a little concerned about playing both
0: Alshon and Agalor in cash, but I love both of them in GP. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's move on. To the next position, Nick, the quarterback position. Alright, I, this is probably my favorite quarterback week of the entire season. I, I have so many plays that I'm just so super excited about this week. Um, and there, and there's gonna be some real chalk, I think, um, especially in cash games. So, who are some guys that you're looking at at the quarterback position this week for cash? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of good plays, a lot of chalk,
2: um, you know, I definitely think many, many players you can make a case for. But And I, when we get to the contrarian section, I'm pretty excited because I think I have a couple of players that are pretty off the radar uh, that I actually do like. And it might be kind of a crappy week to be super contrarian at quarterback just because there's a lot of good plays. But uh, we'll see. But as far as cash games go, I think the number one option is Andy Dalton. Um, just a slam dunk matchup against Indianapolis who... Uh, has just struggled mightily against the quarterback position this year. You know, if you look at the road of his by machine, Indianapolis this week is the best matchup for quarterbacks, and that's adjusting for strength of schedule as well, adjusting for the quality of quarterback that Indianapolis has faced. Andy Dalton only 5,700. Um, very high floor this week and a very high median projection as well. Don't know as much about the ceiling. Um, you know, he only has one game since uh october that has been above 20 DraftKings points so um sorry two games since october of 2016 that have been above 20 DraftKings points but you know that's a lot of games there it's almost a full year's worth of games so don't love him in gpp but i really like him in cash i think he has a very high floor he has some rushing equity and dalton occasionally can uh, you know run the ball pulled down and and, and grab a few yards with his legs, occasionally even grab a touchdown with his legs. So um, I definitely don't mind Andy Dalton. It's been a little less this year. He only has one game above uh, 10 yards rushing this year, but last year he had a lot of games above 10 yards rushing. So there's always the possibility. So I like Andy Dalton in cash games, but as you mentioned, there's plenty of plays. I think people will be on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Carson Wentz has a, a great matchup against San Francisco I think the way maybe to play this Philly offense is instead of trying to guess whether it's going to be Jeffrey or Aguilar or the running backs they're going to move the ball and, and that means Carson Wentz but uh, I like paying down typically a quarterback in cash games so I'm not sure I'll use Carson Wentz in cash but certainly don't have a problem using him uh, in cash if you want to if you're able to save money in the right places and in the right ways.
0: Yeah, I, I love that point you brought up about Andy Dalton, and, and really kind of specifying the fact that while he does have some tournament upside, he did throw. You know, he had a 285 yard, four touchdown game this year against Cleveland. I really anticipate them to th- that defense to pick on this Indianapolis offensive line uh, for some turnovers, and really they, they have three running backs that they can give the ball to. So they, I just don't see a Real legit reason to kind of force Andy Dalton into tournament lineups, even though the value is pretty nice. Um, Tyron Taylor, uh, I want to bring up as um, an option against the Oakland Raiders, a team that has been giving up quite a number of points against uh, opposing quarterbacks. I think his price, along with that rushing upside, um, even though the, you know, the Target, you know, the receivers to throw to, the tight ends, running backs to throw to. It's pretty limited. It's the Sean McCoy and kind of a bunch of dudes. Hopefully Jordan Matthews is a little more healthy this week to, to kind of help him out there. But I think in this game, um, against a Raiders team that can put points on the board, um, it may, you know, force Tyrod to throw a little bit more. And I think he's going to be very capable of putting up points against that lowly Raiders defense. And I think there's even one more um, that, I, that I like this week. And it's Kirk Cousins against the Dallas Cowboys. Now I think a lot of people are going to look at him and only consider him um, cash game viable, and considering all the the issues they've been having with um, the, the passing game over the or the last you know six seven weeks of the season. But in this highest, I believe, is the highest total game of the week against a, a Dallas secondary that. I was trying to pick on them last week against, you know, going C.J. Beathard and a lot of San Francisco targets. It didn't really work out. But I, I still do not think this Dallas secondary is really any good at all. Um, and the running game in Washington still remains quite poor, um, as you say, at the very least inconsistent. So I think they're going to really rely on Kirk Cousins in this game. And I could definitely see a game um, to where they're not even favored at home. They really, you know, Grab a win here and do it in a in a fashion to where they're able to kind of take control of that at least that number two spot in the division and um, have a nice week for his fantasy owners.
2: Yeah, I have no problems with Cousins this week um, in in really in any format. But uh, I think Andy Dalton's probably the number yeah. one cash gameplay play for most people. But I you know I, I definitely agree with you. I think you know fading him not necessarily fading him being certainly underweight on him in GPPs makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah certainly certainly. All right, let's move on to the tight end position, Nick. Um, kind of like last week is not as rich as last week. I think you know last week was probably one of the you know the weeks to where you could go double tight end just in so many ways and just have it turn out profitable. We have some options this week, not as plentiful, but definitely still some nice spots. So who are some tight ends you're looking at this week in cash games?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the two that I'm looking at are from the same game. The first one is Jordan Reed. Uh, $4,700. He is not getting priced up because they played that game on Monday night. Salaries had already came out for this slate, so it's not factoring in Jordan Reed's monster game. He looks a lot healthier now. Uh, the Redskins offense targeted him heavily. Uh, you know, he hadn't been targeted like that since week one, where he was the healthiest he had been basically all year uh, prior to, to, you know, this most recent week. So I think when he's healthy, he's rolling. He's a guy that should be priced up in the upper five, mid six range at minimum, maybe even a bit higher. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz is priced seven thousand, Gronk seventy one hundred, maybe Jordan Reed should be like sixty five hundred, something like that. Uh, he's forty seven hundred dollars on DraftKings, so definitely a nice value there for Jordan Reed. But the other flip side of the ball there, Jason Witten has a fantastic matchup against the Washington Redskins. They just hemorrhage points to the tight end position. Um, you know, I, I, Jason Witten always gets a lot of targets. So, uh, I think he's a guy that you can use. The one that thing that I'm a little concerned about is on DraftKings for sure. He's priced up and, uh, you know, priced up at $4,200. It's not, it's not outrageous, but certainly it's a higher price point. I think, uh, for him, I guess maybe not in the past couple weeks, you know, he's been 45, 42 and 5,000 before that, but, uh, Beginning of this year, $3,400, 3900 uh, you know, last year, all of last year, he was in the 3000 or at most $4,000 range. Um, I definitely think you can use him in cash games as well. It's just a very nice matchup. The Redskins do struggle against the end position, especially if Josh Norman's going to play. I like it because Josh Norman should take away a lot of uh, Des Bryant's abilities there. Um, obviously, he may not cover Des Bryant on every play, but if he even covers him on a lot of the plays, I think you're gonna the you know the Dallas Cowboys will have to look elsewhere, and Jason Witten could get a lot of targets there. So, those are the two I'm I'm extremely eyeing in cash games. Um,
0: I, I think there's a couple other options for sure, but I'll let you talk about the ones that you like there, He yeah, I found that really interesting that I, I have Witten written down as a guy I was gonna be considering attorneys, but I think you break I think you bring up a lot of great points about using him in cash in that and that matchup against the Redskins. So I, I think I liked it a lot. Um I, I think the one clear name that we really you, you didn't discuss is it's gotta be Hunter Henry. I'm um, a guy that's gonna be talked about a lot this week. He has really taken control of that tight end role. Um I, I was about to say in San Diego, in Los Angeles. With the, the Chargers, um, Antonio Gates has kind of been relegated and now he, I can, I, I think it's safe to consider him the number two target, um, maybe number, you know, 2A, 2B with Melvin Gordon, um, in that offense, in a very nice matchup against the New England Patriots to where that could really turn into a shootout if the Patriots are able to game plan well. And really, kind of pass the ball against a you know a secondary that has proven to be fairly tough, even with the loss of Jason Brett. Um, so yeah, I, I think you definitely have to consider Hunter Henry as well as a guy in cash, just because of the value. At least you get on DraftKings at forty eight hundred. Um, but yeah, I think the the guy that everyone is going to be on, and justifiably so, I think is uh, Jordan Reed. He's just the ceiling is there it, now with how shaky the wide receivers are going to be. With Dawson entering the picture over Terrell Pryor, playing more snaps, I think the Redskins are really going to rely on Jordan Reed a lot in this game. So that's going to make him, I think it's going to give him a safe target floor with ceiling to really be the number one tight end on the week. Yeah, definitely. And
2: uh, just a note here on Hunter Henry obviously, he's on DraftKings, he's $4,800, Jordan Reed, $4,700. I definitely like Jordan Reed's price a lot better than Hunter Henry's, just because Jordan Reed I think is the better tight end when both are healthy and both are fully available and everything like that. So uh, Jordan Reed's also priced cheaper, and he's got a decent enough matchup. Obviously Hunter Henry is a very nice matchup as well, but I still think Jordan Reed should be priced at minimum like mid five thousands, if not in the mid six thousands. And uh, you know Hunter Henry's at his highest price point he's ever 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 been. Um, you know, forty-two hundred dollars this past week was the highest he's been in a, a very long time. I think since early of last, early part of last year. Um, so you know, Hunter Henry, I think, just uh, overpriced for me in terms of cash games. I don't think it's impossible to use him in cash games by any means. Um, I just think for me, he's more of a tournament play. Uh, the other, obviously, the other downside with him in cash is he's had games of zero, zero, and three targets. So, uh, you know, you're not. He's not necessarily a target monster, even if he is fully healthy and in a great matchup.
0: Yeah, yeah, those those are some great points you brought up. Just really quick before we move on, uh, just a name I think uh, we're going to be hearing as the week goes on. Uh, Tyler Croft, are are you considering him at all in that nice matchup against Indianapolis um, and, and kind of the recent volume he's been seeing with Tyler Eifert out? Yeah, I definitely don't mind him.
2: Um, I just don't think that the Cincinnati Bengals will necessarily need him. He's more of a GPP play for me. Obviously, he can get in the end zone because since he should move the ball, and I do like him as a leverage playoff of like A.J. Green or maybe that running game, but uh, for me, I don't think he's really necessarily a cash game play because I could see them just running the ball and throwing to A.J. Green all day.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's go to the last position of our cash game plays, the running back position. Um, you know, one I was a lot more confident in until I began talking to you this week, Nick, as you, you brought up a lot of great points as to really a lot of uncertainty with a lot of the big names this week um, and really just a lot of backfields with some kind of uh, gross situations, at least for when we're looking for that guaranteed volume for our cash game. So, you know, in, in kind of this mess, who are you looking at at running back position this week in cash?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's super tough. I think the running back position is incredibly uh, gross for me for cash games. Now, I think there's a lot of really nice tournament plays, but uh, as far as cash games go, I'm a little stumped. I mean, obviously, Philly has a great matchup, but you can't really use Wendell Smallwood at his highest price point ever in cash. You can't really use LeGarrette Blunt in cash because he's so touchdown-dependent. I guess maybe you could use somebody like Jordan Howard in cash. He's got the second best matchup this week uh according to the road of his by-low machine and uh you know the Chicago Bears have just been running him to death the past couple of weeks uh you know 21 carries and 36 carries each of the past two weeks. He hasn't gotten a ton of targets only one uh but they haven't thrown a lot but if there is a team that the running backs can you know, feature in the past game. It is against new Orleans. It's against new England. It's against San Francisco. So I will be targeting running backs in those matchups this week. But, uh, I think Jordan Howard is playable in cash games. They will run the ball a lot. And it is in new Orleans, which of course is the, as everybody calls it, the course field of NFL, you know, fantasy football. So, uh, I don't know. I think Jordan Howard's in play in cash games. Um, obviously I think Mark Ingram's in play, but his price point is creeping up there. And I do think if the, you know, the Bears run the ball a lot, that'll keep, possibly keep the ball out of New Orleans hands. Although I do think the Bears will need to maybe play a little bit more just because New Orleans does move the ball so well. Um, LaShawn McCoy. Sure, I guess. I mean, the matchup with Oakland is good. Uh Obviously, Oakland hasn't been great on the ground, but they haven't been, like, terrible either. They're kind of middle of the road there. And, against in the past game, they're also kind of middle of the road. And, you know, now Mark Ingram is uh, – sorry, not Mark Ingram. Uh, LaShawn McCoy is priced up at 8700 So I don't love that either. I mean, it's super tough. I mean, I'm even considering names like Chris Thompson, who has a pretty good matchup against Dallas. Dallas, if you look just kind of that – how run, how they fare against, uh, running backs there in the pass game, which we know, of course, Chris Thompson is a pass catching back. They allow about league average in terms of targets and then a worse than league average. So more yards than league average to the running back position in the pass game. So I think Chris Thompson playable. And obviously we know Chris Thompson is the back, uh, in Washington. I know he doesn't get all the carries, but he gets a ton of targets. And he's so efficient with his targets. And he does, still does get some carries. So I think, um, you know, Chris Thompson, just look at his game log here. 15.6, 25.6, 33.8. He had a 2.7, but then a 20.8 and a 17.4 DraftKings points. Like outside of that 2.7 point game, his floor has been 15.6 and he's a 5,900. So on DraftKings, you're talking like two and a half X, something like that there, uh, as a floor for him outside of that one game. And I don't think Dallas is going to be that game that, necessarily prohibits him from that floor. So Cash Games kind of I think is is really gross at the running back position this week, but uh you know I've named some names there. I just don't feel super confident in any in any of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's I, I really don't want any part of that Eagles backfield. Um I, I don't particularly like either running back in terms of any sort of consistency. it's They're completely touchdown-reliant. I'd say that both of them, as Wendell Smallwood is... I know he's playing the you know the path-catching role, but he is not one that it's is well-suited to do so. Um, I think some people might look Joe Mixon's way. Um, it's just, even though the price is good in a nice matchup, it, the, the volume just is not guaranteed, even though he's been coming out of the media and complaining about it. It's, it, it's still not something I'm... I'm willing to just kind of really jump right into. Um, Yeah, Mark Ingram, I think at 7,400, if, if there is a back to pay up for, it'll probably be him and that Bears game as I expect the Saints to, to go against a defense that has played far, far better at home than they have on the road. And I think the Saints could very easily rely on him um, and just kind of keep this trend going of just these monsters weeks uh, lately from Ingram. So I think that's the one guy. If I wanted to pay up, I, I'd probably go his way. But yeah, like the, the, you know, expensive guys, Ezekiel Elliott, I do not want to go against that Washington, uh, run defense. They have been, uh, quite scary against opposing runners. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, um, his price is way up and, and really last week was his first big week of the entire season. I think in terms of t- uh, PPR points, I don't think he eclipsed, um, yeah, he did, he only eclipsed twelve PPR points once, other than last week, and that was the first week against the Jets. It, I I don't think that that price justifies the risk. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really looking at guys like you had mentioned, Chris Thompson. I think if you're just going to pay down, look for a guy that can really perform quite well and in a role to where I don't think you really have to worry all that much about Rob Kelly. Or uh, Samaji Perrine really just kind of cutting into his volume. I think they're going to play him a lot, and I like this spot for James White um, in, in a spot to where this this Los Angeles Chargers defense has a, a you know really strong pass rush. Um, they have a pretty strong secondary as well, especially against tight ends like Rob Gronkowski. However, they they do remain fairly weak against the run. And what do you do to you know to pacify a pass rush? You, you, you utilize the screen pass, and James White, that has been his role this season. I understand it's, you know, a little risky, but in a spot to where, or in a week to where there's not a lot of solid running back plays, I think that, you know, paying down and getting a guy who could still very give you, you know, still very easily give you a nice week is completely justified in this spot. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think, um I, I think James White is interesting, and I don't know about uh, Dion Lewis and Cash, but I certainly think Dion Lewis is even interesting as well, considering yeah. that the Chargers just hemorrhage yards on the ground to the running back position as well. It's going to be tough. Like whichever one of those guys scores the touchdown is going to be the one you want in GPPs, right? But yeah. uh, you know, I think I think James White and Cash does make a lot of sense just because he has a very high floor with all the receptions that he'll get.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on to the next segment of the show, Nick Contrarian Corner one of our favorites so how about some of your top contrarian plays this week at any position where you're just looking to pivot you know to to leverage off some spots leverage off that chalk and really kind of move yourself up those draft of those tournament draft boards
2: yeah I mean there's a lot of great plays at quarterback this week I meant you know we've talked about Carson Wentz Andy Dalton Kirk Cousins Ty Rudd uh, I certainly obviously think you can go Philip Rivers against the New England Patriots you can go uh Russell Wilson's a little priced down this week at 6500 and The matchup with Houston isn't terrible by any means. I think this Carolina-Tampa Bay game could shoot out. So both Cam Newton and Jameis Winston, so many good plays at the quarterback position. But I'm going to give one that's kind of two, actually, that are kind of off the wall at quarterback. I think Matt Ryan... Really interesting, and I think think C.J. Beathard are both very interesting plays if you want to go incredibly contrarian this week at the quarterback position. I don't think Matt Ryan will be above, like, 4%, but here's the thing. Uh, ben Gretsch, who, who's our senior fantasy analyst at his, he does an article every week over at Fantasy Labs because we have a great partnership over there with Fantasy Labs. Uh, so, so, you know, we've kind of, uh, I guess, loaned Ben for that one article, but... uh he, he does his Deconstructing the Vegas Lines article every week at Fantasy Labs. It's a fantastic article. It's one of my go-to research pieces for DFS. Well, if you look this past weekend, uh, before you know, the slate of games this past weekend, you would have noticed the New York Jets give up more than half of their points allowed through the air. And then what happened? The Miami Dolphins quarterbacks, Jay Cutler and Matt Moore, combined for four touchdowns against the New York Jets. Now Matt Ryan gets to face the New York Jets. I know Ryan's been really bad against, uh, or just really bad this year against his expectations coming into the year, but I think this is exactly where you want to use Matt Ryan. He's at his lowest price point of the year at $6,800. This is his third lowest price point in the last 25 slates. And again, he gets a matchup where if you're going to score on the Jets, it tends to be through the air. I think Matt Ryan, just an interesting play. I mean, it's, I don't think it's a, a huge chance that he has a monster game, but we can't discount the fact that last year he did a lot of very good things. I know there's new coaching this year, but maybe, just maybe, Ryan finds a little bit of what he found last year, throws three touchdowns. You never know if he could, you know, throw 300 yards as well. I don't necessarily think it's needed, but I do think The Jets can move the ball against Atlanta, especially through the running back position. Atlanta struggles in the pass game against the running backs, and both Matt Forte and Bilal Powell can catch passes. The Atlanta Falcons also not very good uh, in the pass game in general, and one thing that I think is interesting, Josh McCown this year has had seven games, and five of them already have come against bottom 25 DVOA pass defenses, and Atlanta is 25th in pass DVOA, Uh, In every single one of those games, McCown has thrown double-digit touchdowns. So I do think the Jets can move the ball, which could force Atlanta to move the ball, which could force Matt Ryan to throw a lot and throw for 300 yards. Touchdown upside, as I mentioned, is there because the Jets hemorrhage touchdowns through the air. So Matt Ryan, 4% or less owned, definitely under 5%, love him. And then C.J. Beathard is the other name I really like. I think they're going to be playing from behind just like they were against Dallas but I think, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles are a bit better of a matchup. Again, looking at Fantasy Labs, the plus minus there is a plus two matchup. Uh, the road of his by machine gives it about an average matchup, but, uh, I do think they will be playing from behind. They'll need to throw the ball And Here's the thing about Beathard. He had a terrible game last week and he still put up 16 and a half DraftKings points. Imagine if he didn't have a terrible game or if he doesn't have a terrible game this week. He's only $5,100 on DraftKings. Uh, and I think Ever is going to be off of him. Given what happened this past weekend. And then you look at his game before that when he subbed in for Brian Hoyer partway through the game. He put up 14.2 points in a partial game. Uh, I think CJ Beathard could, you know, definitely be in play in GPPs as well. And these two guys, Matt Ryan and CJ Beathard, are going to be so incredibly low owned that if one of them explodes for 25 points in Beathard's case or 30 points in Matt Ryan's case, you're going to be in extremely good shape in GPPs. Maybe not as much good shape as in other weeks because there's a lot of good quarterback plays, but I do think there's a couple interesting games that uh, probably will go over-owned, like Andy Dalton, of course, I think will go over-owned in GPPs. So uh, a bit of a rant here, and I haven't even really gotten any other positions. So maybe, uh, Heath, you can give a little bit of reaction and then touch on some of the other positions, and then I'll
0: come back with a couple other plays other positions as well. No, I really like those. And it's, I think it's one of those weeks to where you can kind of pivot off of, I think some games to where you're going to have some really obvious spots and people are going to be trying to stack them mercilessly. Um, just trying to really profit off of those, just essentially those pretty, you know, those obvious lines to where we expect a lot of volume and, and to be highly efficient with that volume. So I, I think for my contrarian corner take this week, I'm going to go after two games that I think, uh, Vegas might have wrong in terms of how, how they're viewing the possible outlooks. And it's really two games I think could shoot out and kind of be sneaky shootouts. Not going to be the games that we're really targeting like the maybe the Chargers Patriots or the Cowboys Redskins. The two games I like, and you had mentioned this, um, I really like going after game stacking this 49ers Eagles game and the Panthers Bucks game. Um, especially on, in, in, the Panthers-Bucks game, I love Cam Newton in the spots. I think a lot of people are going to be on him. Um, especially the, you know, with just how poor the Bucks have been in their secondary. I think Devin Funches, uh, Calvin Benjamin, I almost a Travis Benjamin, Calvin Benjamin, Christian McAfee, they're, they're all great tournament plays. Um, I think I prefer Funches of the two, but Benjamin is still definitely in the mix but also the Buccaneers' side as well. Jameis Winston coming off his first big game of the year last week against a defense that is not really a pushover. I think this is a spot to where they're going to be forced to put the ball in the air a lot more than they would like as the Carolina Panthers' run defense, especially with Luke Keekley back, they are just going to shut down Doug Martin quite effectively, I believe. So Jameis Winston paired with those two big wide receivers in Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. I think they could really put up a lot of points on the board, and I think they might go under-owned this week, um, as there's just so many other good spots at wide receiver, especially. And then, like you mentioned, that that CJ Beathard played, I think it really let a a lot of people down last week, including myself. I I thought CJ Beathard was going to have a nice game against the Cowboys, and they really just kind of they got put down pretty quickly, and just about with some demoralizing runs by Ezekiel Elliott. I think they just kind of completely lost all momentum. And this is a week against a a Philadelphia Eagles secondary that ranks still quite low and has that defensive line that is one of the best in the entire league. So CJ Beathard um, with Pierre Garcon, I think the, the volume is. is um, going to be there. Like, like you had mentioned, Garcon is not, doesn't have the highest ceiling, but I, I still think there is potential if he does catch a touchdown at his mid range price. I think he could be a decent tournament play. And, and George Kittle, um, I think is going to be a, a name that I have in a lot of tournament lineups and really just stacking that, that Philadelphia side of the passing game. Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Nelson Aguilar, and you might even be able to pay up and be, in go contrarian at tight end. i I'm, I'm still a little wondering about that uh, with Zach Ertz as he is the number one target in this offense. He might not go under own. I shouldn't say that. But uh, with his increased price, he may go a little bit ignored in favor of some of the cheaper options. So, yeah, I think those are kind of the the games I'm looking at this week for try to be a little more contrarian in some of my tourney lineups. Yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, I think
2: that's that's pretty interesting. I, I definitely like the Philly side. And Nelson Aguilar is a play I really like. Alshon Jeffrey. We talked about them a bit earlier. Uh, I'm totally with you on the Carolina-Tampa Bay stack in that game. Totally with you on San Francisco-Philly stack in that game. So uh, yeah, I think those are going to be the two contrarian games. I, I you know relative to some of the others where you know since he's going to be a chalk game or chalk side of the game. Washington-Dallas going to be probably high scoring. I know people will be on New Orleans because they face the Bears. And then, uh, obviously, this New England Chargers game. So I'm I'm totally with you. Um, uh, you know, I think as far as other contrarian plays, I think uh, I don't have a ton more. But I do like, you know, if Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball, who's he going to throw it to? Well, Julio Jones is certainly an option, but I think Austin Hooper is an interesting name at the tight end position. He's priced up a little bit at $4,100, so nobody's going to be on him. But we do know he has big play potential the Jets do struggle against the tight end position. Fasano caught a touchdown last week, two weeks before that. grunt caught two. So um, I think, you know, that tight ends can score against the Jets. So if Matt Ryan's going to throw a touchdown, probably could be to Austin Hooper. And uh, we know he has big play upside as well. We saw that against the Chicago Bears. Two catches for 128 yards. Uh, certainly he gets, you know, a large yard per target when he does catch a lot of times. So. Um, definitely not a cash game play by any means. He's priced up and he doesn't get a ton of targets all the time, but he does have games of nine and seven targets this year. And he does have a couple big plays. So Austin Hooper, I think is another name at the tight end position. That would go incredibly overlooked. This Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper stack. Like if you do that, you could just go chuck everywhere else if you wanted, because it's going to be so contrarian that you almost guaranteed would have a unique lineup there. So that's uh, one other name. And then, um, just as far as the running back position, I know we talked about the Philadelphia backs. I think, uh, Deion Lewis as well. I don't know how contrarian they'll be, I guess, but, um, you know, Joe Mixon, certainly a lot of plays at the running back position as well. And if you do like stacking this Carolina Tampa Bay game, um, you know, if Tampa Bay does move the ball, Christian McCaffrey, I think is in play on the other side for Carolina as well. He gets just a ton of targets
0: definitely definitely all right let's move on to the next segment of the show nick but before we do fantasy football friends i have a message for you listen up there's no better way than now than to try our new app draft it's one week fantasy bu- fantasy football with no management just set it and forget it when you're done drafting that's it no trades No waiver wire. Draft even takes care of the last-minute injuries for you. Drafts start every couple minutes, so you can hop into one right now and start playing for cold, hard cash today at any price level of your choosing. Drafts start from just $1. No salary caps. Play in a real-life Snake Draft, just like you play with your friends in your season-long leagues. Come and join us on Draft today. Download the app anytime. Just search Draft in your app store and join a game in minutes. Or play right from your computer on PlayDraft.com, whichever you like. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Just use the promo code RV Radio on your first deposit on Draft. That's all you got to do. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to PlayDraft.com and play with your promo code RVRADIO. All right, Nick, on to the Draft segment of the show. I don't even want to talk about last week. It's a little disappointing. (laughs) You have... I think we could sum it up. You have Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think we need to review really anyone else among those lineups, but (laughs) you have progressed to five and two. I have some real ground to make up here. So why don't we get it going this week? And it looks like I am going to be up first here. So, okay, who is going to be my, my first pick of the week? I think... I'm going to try to go um, with a wide receiver first to begin things. And I think I'm going to go with A.J. Green. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that
2: pick whatsoever. Uh, I'm going to take LaShawn McCoy, and I'm going to take Mark Ingram.
0: Uh, Those are two great picks, especially at a position that's lacking this week. All right, so let's double it up here. Uh, Since you already have two running backs, I'm going to go... With my quarterback first, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz as my quarterback. And as my second pick here, I think I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. I like that
2: pick. Uh, that's a very good pick because he was the guy I was going to end up taking. So now I have to scramble yes. a little bit. I'm going to take Doug Baldwin. And
0: I am going to take Mike Evans. Ooh, I, like that. I like that Evans pick a lot. Alright, so I got to round it rounded out here with two running back picks. You took McCoy and Ingram. So I'm going to go. I'm just going to go with Ezekiel Elliott here, even though I don't really like the matchup. The volume should still be there. And.
2: You know, let's go with Melvin Gordon. I do like Melvin Gordon this week. Uh, I think it's interesting. You know, the Patriots uh, are missing Dante Hightower uh, out for the year, I think. And Melvin Gordon should catch a lot of passes. And New England is one of those three teams that I mentioned. New England, New Orleans, and San Francisco. They give up a lot of points to the running back position through the air. And uh, so Melvin Gordon, great matchup there. Love the pick. All right. So I guess that means um I have my last pick of the draft here. And that's the quarterback position Pretty tough. Um, you know, you took Carson Wentz. I think Tom Brady's in play. I don't think you can discount Dak by any means, especially after what Wentz did to the Redskins this past weekend. Drew Brees always in play. Cam Carr, Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Kirk Cousins. I mean, so many options this week. So... With all that said and done, um, I am stalling here a little bit because I have no idea who I'm going to take. <laughs> <laughs> you took Wentz, which is, of course, the play I wanted, but uh, I don't know. I guess I will uh, I will go pretty interesting here. I'm going to take Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. Okay, I like that. I like that. I don't really like it, but uh, you know, there's not a huge amount of upside there, but I think there's a lot of floor, and it's a counter to your Keenan Allen pick there.
0: Yes, yes, it certainly is. And your the Melvin Gordon I, pick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The only one I was really concerned about was I was just hoping that you did not take Cam Newton. So I was lucky about that. I, I, re, I If you didn't take, uh, if you took Wentz, I was, that's the way I was going to go. I was going to go with Cam Newton. So I think he's just going to go off this week.
2: Yeah, I think Cam's a great play this week. I really do. Maybe I yeah. should have taken him. Might be a mistake there, but I do get uh, a little bit of coverage in your Keenan Allen and Melvin Gordon there.
0: I need a little help this week, Nick, so I, I appreciate it. I, I really got to get oh, back man, into the game. Oh, man, he's already
2: trash-talking me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got to get back into the game. But let's move on to our next segment of the show. Keep this show rolling, Nick. Defenses. Some Wait, defense. Where's our We've... stacks?
2: Did we, did, we, did we do the stacks yet, or is that later?
0: That is next. That is ah, our next segment all right. of the show. Cool. So, th- those are coming up. Stacks. I'm and just so excited about my stacks. Yeah, yeah. We still got some time left so, on the show. So, Cincy, yeah.
2: Philly, uh, I think those are the obvious plays of defense. Uh,
0: what do you got, Heath? Oh, oh now we're just going to roll through this. <laughs> <laughs> hold, on, okay. hold on, hold on. My Bears call uh, last week was
2: was, a, was pretty sweet, right?
0: It, it, was, it was. It was fantastic. Really, kind of one of those things that if you kind of had them, you were just right in contention of winning any tournament you were in. Um, If you just kind of happened to hit with the other guys. It, yeah, it was very
2: unfortunately there were like, what, three shutouts this past weekend. So it didn't like set you over the top. But it certainly didn't hurt for $2,200 and mm-hmm. a monster game. Two defensive touchdowns, obviously, for the Bears there. But uh, I was really hoping some of these other defenses didn't get shutouts. And, you know, the Chargers defense was pretty popular. And they had a uh, 20-something point game. So, you know, the Bears defense did great. But they didn't put you over the top compared to a lot of people who played the Chargers defense as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, for this week, I think it, this is going to be one of those to where I think it's going to go a little contrary as I think people are going to expect a lot more from the team on the other side. Uh, and that team, the, the opposing team, is the Houston Texans. So I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks at home in a spot against, I know he's kind of the next big name at quarterback, or at least that's kind of how we perceive it. Um, but in reality, he has had four quite favorable matchups, um, and the Seattle Seahawks team uh, is, a, is a much different beast. Coming off a really big week last week to where it looks like they're really rounding into their midseason form, I, I think there's a decent chance that Deshaun Watson still kind of shows he has um, some things to learn in, in the league. Um, so paying up just to, you know kind of like a, a little bit, but not all the way up to that spot of like Cincinnati or anything like that. I think they could really uh, put up a a, a pretty big point ceiling this week. And I don't know if a lot of people are going to be on them as they expect a lot out of Deshaun Watson.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I think uh, Seattle's defense is a smash play this week for defense. Uh, $3,200 is a very nice price tag for that defense. And, you know, Deshaun Watson played only a portion of that first game against Jacksonville. But after that, just a ton of great matchups. New England, Tennessee. Cleveland. So, uh, you know, three very good matchups. Kansas City, you could say, has been a positive matchup, at least to the wide receiver position. And, uh, Cincinnati, I guess they've been all, all right. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely think this is easily Deshaun Watson's toughest matchup of the year. Um, you know, you look at the road of his Bilo machine, and it certainly says that the delta here is very big. It's almost 0.35. So if you, you know, if you scale the, uh, the defenses faced on a zero to one scale, uh, so 1 being the best matchup and 0 being the worst, then what he's faced so far this year has been a .33, and that's all of Houston. So if you take away that Jacksonville game, which has actually been a negative defense, then it's even higher. So uh, four very good matchups, and now a very tough matchup, that delta being 33% of the total range of 0-100 to 100 in terms of the negative direction here this weekend for Deshaun Watson. Uh, very tough matchup, and I love the, the Seattle matchup here. Uh, you know, Houston traveling to Seattle. The, the Seattle fans are just incredible. I've uh, been a couple games there, and totally with you. So, I, I actually, you know, I did mention Philly. I was kind of mentioning them tongue in cheek. I think everybody all over them, but I actually uh, think, you know, in GPPs, I, I certainly think they're playable, but I wouldn't go crazy on them because I think they'll be pretty high owned. And guess what? This year, they only have one game in double digits. Um, they've had some injuries. They had another injury uh, this week, this past week, to their middle starting middle linebacker, um, so a lot of injuries on the on the defensive side of the ball for Philly there. And I'm not so sure that they're the best play this weekend on defense in GPPs, um, and they're priced up at thirty eight hundred dollars. So you know my my defenses really are cincy and Seattle.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's move on. You were you were super excited about it, Nick. So let's move right into that segment, the stacks and correlations play. It sounds like you were just chomping at the bit to get this down. So why don't you start
2: us off, Nick? Man, I mentioned C.J. Beathard, and you mentioned George Kittle, and they're my, like, super stack, awesome contrarian, amazing, awesome play this week. Everybody loved them last week. It was like, oh, Beathard and Kittle, you know, college teammates, get on them. They're going to have be a billion targets. Well, the game script didn't really work out for for Kittle. Uh, I don't think all of a sudden they're just going to stop using him, but I think people will see what happened last week and be like, don't play that stack now. So it's going to be an incredibly contrarian stack. Uh, but as I mentioned, the Eagles just lost their starting middle linebacker, which is also their top uh, tight end coverage player. So the Eagles already have struggled a bit at the tight end position this year. Now they lose their best tight end coverage linebacker. George Kittle could be in for a big day. He did, before this game against the Cowboys, where only had two targets, he had eight and nine. I think he could recapture some of that magic uh with Bethard there. So I love that stack. I mentioned Matt Ryan, Austin Hooper, couple just incredibly contrarian stacks this week that I really like. And then also, uh, I don't think you can discount, as I mentioned, Russell Wilson at 6,500. The dude just always seems to go off. He seems to be pretty matchup independent in some ways. You know, look last week uh against New York giants should have been a tough matchup on paper, put up almost 30 DraftKings Kings points. Um, I definitely think Doug Baldwin has a great matchup here. So I love Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin. The, the thing I'm concerned about is I don't know if they'll necessarily need to uh, score four or five touchdowns against Houston. Um, but, you know, I would have said the same thing versus New York Giants, given how decimated the Giants offense is. And they did anyway. So a um, lot of good plays here. And then obviously just stacking the crap out of this Carolina-Tampa Bay game uh, and and. As you mentioned, Aguilar, Wentz, Alshon, you, you know, you can run it back with Kittle there. So those are the games I'm on. I think those are the games you're on as well. But I'm wondering if you have any
0: specific stacks there. Much in the same vein of me taking your CJ Bethard, George Kittle stack, you have taken my, my stack as well. I love that, that Russell Wilson side of the Seahawks-Texans game. Pair him with Baldwin. Pair him with Paul Richardson. I think it could be you know kind of overlooked in this matchup against the Texans. Um, yeah, I, I just really like that passing game. Minus Jimmy Graham. I, I don't think I'm going to go with Jimmy Graham this week. I'm going to look more at the wide receivers. I'm really just kind of going back to the 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 you know the contrarian game stacks. I liked you know the the Panthers and Buccaneers passing games. I think they could turn into a low key shootout. Um, And yeah, the the 49ers and the Eagles games, uh, both sides of the passing game uh, with, you know, kind of favoring Kittle over Garcon, like you had mentioned, and really focusing on trying to get it a mix of uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, and maybe even some, some pay up to be hopefully contrarian Zach Ertz there. All right, let's move on to the last segment of the show, Nick. Uh, but before we do, we have a message from our friends over at MyBookie. Everyone, if you're watching the games, it's time to start making money. MyBookie is the industry-leading website that hooks you up. With for all your betting needs, and with their great odds, their fast payouts, their decades of expertise, you can be sure you are betting with confidence. Your team doesn't even have to win, they just got to cover the spread. What are you waiting for? Lay down some cash and win big today. Or do you know if your team sucks? You know, do yourself a favor, bet against them. Um, you know, if you're a Chargers fan this week, I think that's a, a great one, but you know, maybe if you want to take the other side, um, take the Patriots as they just really like to kind of kill everyone's hopes and dreams, just go with that. You know, the the best of both worlds, you win. You know, it's a win-win situation. So where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I'm urging you all to make your way to my bookie. I trust them, but you don't got to take my word for it. Just check them out yourself. If you've been sitting on the sidelines all season, you haven't manned up yet, now's the time to get in on the action. Because do... To popular demand. We had mentioned it last week, but it's back. MyBookie's 100% bonus will be available for one more week, and that's only one more week, everybody. After Sunday, you can kiss a goodbye, so get it before it's gone. They have in-game, live betting, a mobile site that makes wagering on the go easier than ever. You can also check out their online casino if you just want to play a hand of blackjack or two. So Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus, everybody, the last time they're going to do it this year. Just use promo code roto nfl to activate that offer visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid all right the last segment of the show nick the theories the bets and the Vegas lines what are some things that you think vegas might have wrong this week and in turn you might be able to profit from
2: yeah well thank goodness for my bookie because uh i mentioned last week that uh, i didn't have any great bets on the main slate but I did have the under on New England and Atlanta. It ended up at, if I was tracking it online on my bookie there on the on the app, and uh, ended up at 57 and a half. And you know, when we went on the air, it was 56, and it opened at 54. It was at 30, but I was like, dude, this is the play. You have to bet the under, and it ex- went exactly the way I expected it to. 30 points total. Um, I hope you bet the under because it went from 54 to 57 and a half, so everybody was betting the over, and I hope you listen to me on that one. Uh, One game I do think has interesting potential to go over this week is the game I've kind of harped on a couple times already here, and that's Atlanta versus the New York Jets. I've talked about how Josh McCown, seven games this year, five of them have come against past defenses outside, uh, you know, 25th or worse in DVOA, which is amazing that out of seven games, five of them against – Really, really bad pass defense. He's thrown double digit touchdowns in all of them. The other two games, he did not throw double digit touchdowns. Uh so you know that that's that's an interesting split there from McCown. And he gets Atlanta, who's 25th in DVOA this weekend. I mentioned how I think Atlanta can move the ball against the Jets, uh, especially because the Jets allow a lot of touchdowns. And I think people will be off of it a little bit because it's you know, Atlanta's not in the dome. Um I, I think the total is 46 right now. Uh, I think it, it's 45 and a half now. It was 46 earlier today. So I think it will continue to come down a shade or two. So if you can, like, grab it at 45 especially, I'd love that play. But I do think this game goes over. Um, I think uh, people will look and see what happened to Atlanta. People will just think, you know, New York Jets, blah, 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 kind of drab there. I think this game is going over, and I like picking pieces from this game. You know, you could run it back with one of these New York Jets running backs. I don't know if it will end up being below Powell, Matt Forte, how things will shake out there, but – we do know at least Bilal Powell has some big play upside. We saw him break a big one earlier this year. Um he hasn't gotten the volume we all expected coming into the year, but uh you know I think he can get five targets. I certainly think he can run on the Falcons, um, maybe even get six or seven, depending on how the game flow goes. Atlanta does allow a lot to the running back through excuse me, through the air there. And Bilal Powell, lowest price point since uh the second week of the season here. So I think in terms of DFS implications. Love, loves, you know, getting on some pieces of the Atlanta pass game. I don't know who it'll be. Maybe it's Austin Hooper. Maybe Julio does it. It's not grass. This is a kind of a synthetic and he, he does a little bit better here. Uh, it's not turf by any means, but it's kind of one of those, those synthetic grassy type fields. Um, so it does reduce his upside a little bit, but I still think you can play Julio. Uh, obviously, you know, they, didn't throw enough to him early in the game, and then when we started throwing to him later in the game. He just turned into a monster, nine for 99 and a touchdown. I think he has 100 yard and a touchdown upside here. Uh, I mentioned Austin Hooper. I think Sanu has a very good matchup in the slot against Buster Screen. Um, so there's definitely a, a bunch of ways you can go here. Um, even you know, even Austin Serrien Jenkins, Atlanta hasn't been super stout against the tight end position this year. So. You know, just as far as the theory, this game I don't think will be very popular. There's a lot of other games that will be popular, um, but I do think this is a game that goes over. uh, And, you know, I've given my reasons why here. There's a lot of interesting splits, and I don't want to make too much out of a seven game sample size for McCown, but uh, it certainly doesn't
0: hurt when you're looking at upside. Certainly, certainly, yeah. Uh, As far as the. The bet side, I think I have three bets this weekend, and you and you tell me if you're on the same page here with me, Nick. Uh, just looking at my bookie, um, I just see some some really easy chalk that, and and maybe it's just kind of something that's going to come come back and bite me. But from the looks of it, but I'm gonna throw them out there anyway, just kind of see what you think. Um, the Minnesota Vikings at minus nine and a half in London. I know those London games can be weird, but. This Cleveland Browns team, man, they had just really just bottomed out completely. I just don't see any way against a, a defense that has really just been completely lights out in every facet, um, that is able to make plays. And, and a Minnesota Vikings offense that has really turned it on as of late, they should have Stefan Diggs back. Um, and even though it's a pretty high total at nine and a half, I think they pretty easily cover that. Um, uh, next, I have the the New Orleans Saints against that Chicago Bears team. A defense that plays much, you know, like I mentioned, much different on the road relative to home. I just don't see how the Chicago Bears, if they get down in points, really make any sort of comeback because it's clear, um, I they whether it's uh, with for a good reason or not, they do not want Mitchell Trubisky to throw the ball at all. Um, and against a a New Orleans Saints defense that has shown to be quite improved over years past. Uh, this is a week to where he's going to have to throw the ball a lot to all of these guys that are essentially just. I mean, I, it might be uh, you know nice to say they're Jags at best. Um, when when Zach Miller is your top target, you got some real problems in the receiving game. So yeah, I think that the Saints at minus nine and a half at home is another great bet um, and one that I'm a little less confident on, but it just. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me on the number. It's the Chargers at plus seven and a half. I know the Patriots are the Patriots and they're at home in this game. However, and there's a lot of, you know, reasoning out there of are the Patriots going to lose three at home, you know, before, you know, week eight. Um, I don't care. I'm looking at the specific matchup and this Chargers team is not a team that is, should be um, unfavored by seven and a half, even if it is the New England Patriots. Patriots defense is, I know they had a you know a decent outing last week I guess against a, a lowly Atlanta Falcons offense um but I still think they're quite vulnerable, especially in the secondary Rivers is a quite capable quarterback of dealing the ball to some really nice uh pass catchers um with Melvin Gordon, who has been yeah uh, while inefficient is still you know kind of viable in both the rushing and the passing game. Um, yeah, I just think this line just doesn't make any sense. So if I think the Chargers have a chance to win, I think, you know, taking the the plus seven and a half is just, it's just too sweet not to, pe- not to
2: take. I'm definitely with you on the Chargers a hundred percent there. I think that's a, a great line for them. And they, they last year and even this year, they've just kept games really close. Um, one way or the other, they just tend to play a lot of close games. Um, yeah, the Bears won versus the Saints. I know you're you're on the Saints at minus nine and a half, but I, I'm I'm a little less on that than you. Um, I think the Bears, obviously, they've kept a lot of games either closer or, or outright won games that we didn't expect. You know, versus the the Panthers, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and I think against New Orleans, I know it's on the road, so it certainly helps New Orleans there. But if the Bears just do run the ball a lot, like they have been. You know, deflate the football, essentially, and uh, keep the ball out of Mitchell Trubisky's hands and in the hands of Jordan Howard. That will just eat up a lot of clock, could keep the game a lot closer. They also have surprised on defense at times this year, just like the Saints have. So it could turn out to actually be a bit of an interesting defensive struggle. So I, I think the under is also kind of appealing on 47 and a half. But, uh, you know, I, I think Zach Miller, very good matchup. In the you know, in the tight end position there, and uh, we'll see what happens with Kendall Wright, but uh, he didn't get any targets last week. But also a very good slot matchup, so I'm not quite as much on that as you are. But I'm definitely with you on the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Cleveland's just been awful. Uh, they're starting Kaiser again; has just been horrible. Um, you know, in London, so I think there could be some biological clock problems for both teams, but uh, I don't necessarily think that means that Kaiser will be even better at this point. Uh, so yeah, definitely with you. I think Minnesota is an interesting bet as well, um, but certainly, um, you know, I think, I think the chargers
0: of the three that you picked there is my favorite of the three. Yeah. Yeah. We already have reports of Minnesota and not, not a team that I would expecting to be looking at. Um, Evan Silva, you know, tweeted something earlier this week saying a, hey, it kind of a, you know, going to the science really of trying to get their players as prepared as possible for the adjustment when they go to London this week. Um, really trying to optimize sleep schedules, diet and, and the such to where they're really at their peak level of performance. So when they do play that game and sadly the Cleveland Browns can't really get their starting quarterback not to go out the night before a game. So I think there might be a little difference there in discipline as well. So, so yeah, I, I think that's. Wait, I think you that's mean good. Kenny
2: Britt, he's disciplined, and and Kaiser, you
0: know, <laughs> oh, yeah. at least Kenny Britt is not on the field. Deshaun Kaiser is a completely different story. But that's that's personal. We're not we're not going to talk about there you those go. issues exactly. today. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the show, everybody. Uh, please remember to rate and review the RotoViz Radio channel on iTunes. Be sure to get that 30% discount for subscribing to RotoViz through the RotoViz Radio channel, rotoviz.com slash podcast. And yeah, that's going to do it. So for Nick Giffen, who you can find on Twitter at Rotodoc, I'm Heath Kruger at Heath K. And we'll see you next week.